Nick Cage steals cars, the 80s get remade, and all the music ever is on trial. This week on 30 2010. Welcome everyone to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Every single week looking back at the anniversaries from 30, 20, and 10 years ago of this week. Get it? That's why we're called 302010. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who is with me. Diana, two lives matter, Goodman. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Sarah. Tired and sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, why don't we just address that up top? Yeah, I was going to say on... on the country is on fire and everything sucks. On that note, uh, this episode is brought to you not by Patreon, but uh, Black Lives Matter. There. So yeah. <laughs> so there. There you said it. You know where we stand. It feels weird to do a show right now. It feels like these things don't matter. Um, yeah. I understand that. We all understand that. Um, I didn't really know what else to do but keep going. Uh, the show must go on, man. The show must go on, but I still feel it's important to show solidarity to a movement that needs as many people possible speaking up for it just mm-hmm. to out just to overshadow the amount of people putting fake things out about it. So like yeah. uh if you can try and donate to a local uh I don't know, Sarah, you had a better handle on, on charities happening right now. Yeah. Bail funds are Bail funds, that's... extremely important to ending the carceral state and extremely important right now. So if there are so many resources out uh, about good places to put your money, places that have been vetted, places that are actually going directly to help people. And, um, you know, I know one of the ones that I posted about was Minnesota, I believe it's called Dream Fund. Oh, okay. Wait. Freedom Fund? Freedom Fund, sorry. And uh, they've, I think just put out a statement recently that they are so funded now that they're asking people to direct their funds elsewhere. And pretty much every major city has bail funds for protesters and people who are incarcerated. So that's a great place to put your money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, (laughs) in the, in the midst of a horrific event that uh, a horrific event that, that is brought forth by a few people, man, people, and Americans especially have really shined this week. So like there's you don't have to get down, man. There people have been really cool this week. Mm-hmm. Cooler than I've ever seen them in the midst of one of the worst weeks I've ever encountered. And worst of all, do you not know how hard it was for me to not plug our Patreon? <laughs> I know. Every we all you have know, to make we're, sacrifices. We're all making sacrifices. I'm not gonna Aww. do it for at least like twenty minutes. Oh, wow. But uh <laughs> I did I did some things You're are a hero. Some things are more important than plugs and ad dollars and even losing an audience. So if you disagree with us, please don't leave a comment. Just stop listening. You don't have to be with yeah. me on that, uh, that but that's, I, I don't have time yeah, to argue we, with you. We over can this. argue about tactics and specific minutia, but the fact is the week or so has been dominated by people protesting police brutality mm-hmm. and then the police proving them right. Yes, yes, yes. That yes, part yes. I think we can agree on. Mm-hmm. Then we can start getting into nitty-gritty details. Yes. Uh, and uh, things are probably, you know, going to stay a little bad and get and maybe hopefully not get worse. But, like, it's change and 
getting better is not going to be unco- it's not going to be uncomplicated and it's going to be painful but that's because <laughs> nothing else has worked so far so whatever i don't care how many apple swords you flatten i don't want to see another person die in the street unarmed yeah. uh anyway yeah. well and i'd just like to add that i think a lot of us are feeling very overwhelmed right now and very stressed out and sad and two things that i keep telling myself is that Action eases stress and move a muscle changes feeling. So mm-hmm. if you are getting super, super overwhelmed or feeling paralyzed, even doing the smallest action can help. So yep. self-care is important during these times. If you can, go outside, take a walk or call a loved one. Do something. Take, take, it, yeah. take it from me. I've done everything within my power while still watching almost every episode of Space Force. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. I have, I have something you can do. You, you barely have to move any muscles for. Go on Twitter or Facebook. Do a search for a phrase like they should kill all those N-words, mm-hmm. but don't use N-words. Use the real thing. And then just start reporting everyone you see. Ooh, Ooh I like yeah, it. That's instigating violence. And those platforms are supposed to get rid of people who do that. And I have taken it upon myself to shame people locally. Uh, now is not the time, especially with fake shit, to amplify uh racist horseshit and i will not let anybody in my feed or sphere get away with that and it's very easy to do oh well i'm glad we did that uh there is a lot of fun stuff to talk about the show we talked about in the beginning there's light movies and and some weird television action but the stuff that occurs right now in 30 2010 where we talk about three decades from this week this week being june 5th through the 11th i believe our spiel should make that evident uh, but uh, 1990, 2000, and 2010, we'll be talking about uh, many of the movies, TV shows, video games, music, and news throughout that segment. And the news in the opening segment, I'm going to save my favorite for last. Good. Because so... <laughs> God, I hate her. Uh, so, <laughs> so many of these... I think... I would. I could think we could fill an hour just on the news of 1990, June 5th of the Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It, it, I rarely ever make in my headline call-outs... I rarely ever make that news blips in the news, but it is odd this is all happening this week, where members of Two Live Crew are arrested in 1990 uh, and charged with obscenity after a show in Hollywood, Florida. They are uh, acquitted after testimony from Henry Louis Gates that their lyrics were consistent with uh, important literary traditions of black culture. The obscenity ruling by a local judge was overturned in 1992. And Yeah. Yeah. So this went on for a long time, and then they started going after... People selling the the album as nasty as they want to be, but they just said, "Oh no, no!" They they're saying too many crude things in their show. Yes, the people who are famous for a song called "Me So Horny," mm-hmm. <laughs> and they fucking arrest them. Yeah, and it's one of those things where God, it's so annoying to have like the worst people <laughs> be the test case for things. But I think about Two Live Crew and Larry Flint of like. I don't like their content, but right. we got to, we can't, it's a slippery slope. If they start censoring them, then they're going to start censoring things I actually do like. If John Denver can defend it, so can you. And yeah. And, yeah. and I think we, we talked about this in the context, a movie I liked from uh, that we did uh, like late last year about actually banned films and like going through that, I'm like, oh, the United States in our grandparents' lifetime has not banned a film the free market will ban a film the government doesn't step in and charge people and ban things except for here like two live crew is one of the few 
places in the universe, make sure to tell all your conspiratorial right-wing friends that the government has ever stepped in and censored anything uh, involving art, art or lyrics. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty nuts. Very rarely. Very, very rarely. Usually there's some sort of other reason. I mean, Titty Cut Follies is a movie that was banned in the U.S. for a long time, but that was based on like basically patient rights issues because it's it was a bunch of mental patients that were filmed not necessarily with their consent. Oh, yeah. interesting. So that was more of a civil issue, yeah. and the government said, "Yeah, you can't show that." And now you can because it's it's an important documentary film. But oh my god, this saga just went on and on, and they kept saying, "We're going to arrest you," and they forced the case. So I mean, respect to them of just like, no, you mm-hmm. can't tell us what to do. We're going to mm-hmm. perform, and then they all get arrested, and then the case drags on for two fucking years. Two years where they have this affirmative defense of like, no, you see, the thing is, you can rule something as obscene if it has no redeeming artistic or scientific value. Mm-hmm. And they argued this has redeeming artistic value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially <laughs> the follow-up, which is the first two live crew song I ever heard growing up in Florida. Cause they were like rounding up these albums was fuck Martinez. And it was blaring yeah. everywhere. All and that was the governor. And to me, every time I think of two live crew, I think of fuck Martinez. Fuck. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's awesome. And like, yes, how can you argue this doesn't have artistic value? They're calling out the governor for stealing their shit. This is the most interesting thing that's happened in music all year. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, and, and yes, it's, it's odd. And they, I feel like Two Live Crew, they sort of kept the smile on their face like the whole fucking time going through one of the worst things any artist has had to go through. But like, yep. shout out to Uncle and Luke. They, they, think they bring in a Harvard professor, Henry mm-hmm. Louis Gates Jr., mm-hmm. <laughs> And have him talk about the history of African-American cultural artifacts and how this is part of a literary tradition. And uh, and I believe I at, the, at the time he may have been up against notorious wrong person uh, in terms of censoring culture. Jack Thompson, who made his name famous oh, right. for trying to ban Grand Theft Auto uh, about 10 years ago. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Wait, oh, 10 years ago? Yeah. GTA 4. Uh, like 2010? No, no, he let more than that, like 2008, 2000. Oh, oh, okay. No, actually, it was longer ago than that. Uh, but say. but he, he rode the coattails of shit like that until he could not anymore because he didn't get anywhere. But he did with he did against two live crew, and it's 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 nice to see that like you know eventually shit shit cleared up in terms of our black artists. But like it's also like in conjunction with the other news story, and this is so fucking weird. The things. People were worried about thirty years ago. Uh, <laughs> a New Jer- mind boggling. Uh, yeah, New Jersey Vice Chairman of Consumer Affairs Committee. Uh, they have joined together to introduce legislation requiring performers to make it clear before concerts whether they'll sing live or lip sync to recorded music. They want to know if artists <laughs> such as Madonna, New Kids on the Block, and Millie Vanilli are lip syncing in concert. Um, and this is. Utterly ridiculous. Madonna was caught lip syncing a month prior. So was Janet Jackson. What a scandal. And then I heard I heard one time they went to Disney World and it wasn't really Donald singing. Uh, and was, <gasps> so there was nothing to enjoy about the show. <laughs> what? It's it's <sighs> it's ridiculous and it's it's sort of it just it not only feels like it not only feels like the hard rider in charge, but like it feels like record store nerds are in charge, like, no, this soulless music shall not legally pass. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I don't really understand. I don't know. Are they saying that people aren't getting their money's worth yeah, by I, I think yeah. not hearing the music like coming out of someone's mouth? Not 
at that moment. I, I think in their mind, they were somehow able to define concert as somebody singing live, whereas like uh, uh, Sesame Street Live is in the concert venue. And I assure you, Big Bird is not here. He, <laughs> but it's still an enjoyable show and people are happy they came to see it. Uh, I'm not here to watch. I'm not here to see how well you perform your lyrics live. I want to see what kind of show you put on, especially right. for it, pop Especially acts. it's for Both. people like Madonna and Jack, Janet Jackson. I mean, mm-hmm. we know how they sound. It's it's about seeing them live. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the whole the show. There's, yeah. there's dancing and, and uh, all kinds of other dancers and crazy stuff going on. It's all coordinated. And it's like, yeah, I mean – Yes, they're both live singing and they have a pre-recorded track. They generally kind of do both mm-hmm. because while you're dancing, it's really hard to sing that well. Yeah. Right. There's, exactly. There's, if you watch Madonna perform Ray of Light at the MTV Music Awards, I forget which one. She is singing live. It is the worst. It is the least enjoyable version of that song as she's trying to dance with multiple dancers and getting out of breath and getting jostled around. Like it's it mm-hmm. sucks. It's the worst version of that song. You should mute it and put on the album version. And I I, I will admit the No Limit show was a little because like wow that's just your CD. You just put your CD on and you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean yeah you gotta you know put on a little show at least pretend like you're not. Lip syncing. Seeing all those people interacting on the same stage was still worth remembering. Mm. And it just, the things, the things a Republican administration will fight for, am I right? (laughs) And and my favorite little bit of news from early June 1990 is the opening of one of my favorite things. If you watched Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. for the next 15 years, you probably heard something like this. Family Double Dare was produced before a live audience in Nickelodeon Studios, Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. Every, that means every 30 minutes, Universal Studios had a plug on Nickelodeon for like <laughs> yeah. for over a decade. I remember this so vividly and thinking this was my dream mm-hmm. to see a live uh, show at Nickelodeon Studios. Did you ever do that? Did you ever get to see a live show? No, I, I went. Neither I went, did I. I was real bummed about. But I was like, able to go once, and you know, Diana's from LA, and Sarah and I are from Florida. So just having like the idea of like our favorite shows mm-hmm. are being filmed five hours away, and Philip from school was on one of them. What the? F- it was it was mind blowing. It really felt like a magical time, and and in Florida, and like. You know, it's hard to remember. I can't remember the last time a Universal Park opened anywhere. It was really crazy. And and the hype was huge. And 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 if you remember how that park opened, I know a lot of you like uh if you like our laser time show, you like where we talk about theme parks, like nothing worked at Universal <laughs> when it opened. It was a famous, and, famous disaster. And I'm not just talking that's about earthquakes. These things go, man. Disneyland in fifty five was the same way. Right. Yeah, it, Animal Kingdom was whew, it's real bad. It's the first major theme park to open since Epcot in nineteen eighty two, which opened but with a lot less ambition. Mm-hmm. And and I think what's really funny about this, if you go just t- untangle that web of the story, that Michael Eisner was a head of Paramount and he talked to Universal about combining with Paramount and opening up a studio and went and stole all those ideas to go make MGM. And for a little while, I've got to do a podcast about this eventually, I promise. Uh, Orlando was the Hollywood of the East from all that. Mm -hmm. Clarissa, Mm -hmm. uh, they were animating Milan there, wrestling, uh, game shows. uh, What else? So when I went to Universal, they weren't doing anything there, but you could still, there was a great gift shop. There was like, 
the slime fountain was awesome. And you can go in and you're looking at the set of Clarissa Explains It All in Gullah Gullah Island. There was nobody there and using them, but they kept the lights on. So like, shit, this is really surreal. It's the first set I've ever seen. And I I remember it vividly. And then I tasted some slime. It was delicious. (laughs) It was delicious. And then, yes, the depressing thing is is there's not really anything happening in that building except for storage for, I think, Mm -hmm. total nonstop action wrestling. So the people who break in there, like, the art is still there. It's been closed for 15 years. And the everything is still up on the walls behind all that. It's very, uh-huh. very creepy. And yep. And yet Universal Orlando, which this opened as a part of. Yes, is, sorry. That whole resort now is, is the second largest one in the Orlando area. It's only Walt Disney World's bigger. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's expanded and, again. And I did it like it also yep. is the anniversary. You just have to hear this intro because it, it, it was a big deal for kids. But like Nickelodeon made sure it was a much bigger deal. Live from Orlando, Florida, it's the amazing three-hour Nickelodeon Studios opening day celebration. Here is Mark Summers. Welcome to the Nick Studios, ladies and gentlemen. We are live. First time in 11 years we're doing a live broadcast on Nickelodeon, and it means we are coming to you from our new home right here in Orlando, Florida. These are your studios where you can come to watch Nick being made, and you can audition to be on a Nick show. In this show, you're going to... I just can't think of anything like that that's happened in the history of entertainment. Like, the the only kids channel saying, like, we have a place where you can go now. Yeah. And, wow. And mm. It's in, in three hours, and they re-ran this. God. <laughs> oh my god! So I, I remember watching this, and 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 it was. I guess it was much easier to have a hankering for Universal Studios Florida because we were right around there. But like this was, I think this was big. This was really high up before I cared about King Kong and Jaws. I wanted to see Nickelodeon Studios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Studios. Yeah. Oh, Universal Florida opening just always bugged me. Of like, so they're building a fake studio and then having tours of it because i didn't realize oh no there is some filmmaking going on in florida but it's not like the universal studios in hollywood became a tourist attraction very early on carl emley the founder of universal was really good at promotion and really good at making a quick buck and do all kinds of stuff to just get attention like we have the world's only uh female sheriff Mm -hmm. and it's like (laughs) Because it's like 1918, and it's Uh like, that gets attention. And it's like, oh, we're going to have an all-female sheriff's department in our town, which is technically a town, but really it's just the studio. Yeah, Universal City. Yeah, and then, you know, it moved on to like, okay, well, you can take a tour of the lot, I guess, sometimes. And then they started adding attractions onto that and adding attractions onto that, and blah, 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 blah. There you go. And it's like, so they're building a fake version of that in florida it's, it's and it's like kind of yeah they kind of did it's bizarre. yeah, yeah i i never really even when i was a little kid never even made the connection between the name and the fact that oh that's like studios that means like things should be shot here i just figured right. oh it's a hollywood movie themed theme park and so that's right. just all i took it as i didn't even like think about it as like oh this if it's called a studio things should be shot here yeah because uh because disney tried to steal to steal its thunder and do the same thing and and the stuff in universal ended up lasting a lot longer especially the things that were filmed there Mm because there's some forgotten bet midler movie filmed in mgm studios but mostly it was like television-y stuff but like dude 
Swamp Thing and Problem Child. Like there was a lot of Universal stuff shot in in and around Orlando because of them trying to build this studio. And guess what? When the tax breaks dried up, Hollywood left and never, ever, ever came back. Mm. But, but I believe the last <laughs> Hello, thing. Hello, Vancouver. The, the last thing <laughs> to be shot in Universal Studios is a scene in Sharknado Five. That is the absolute Ooh. last thing. I mean, I imagine that uh, the weather in that area of the country, meaning Central Florida, is not great for filming either. So, I, I mean, it just it rains every day. There are power outages, lightning strikes constantly. Like, eh. it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. All I can think is Frankie yeah. Muniz from that Arrested Development episode where they're touring a lot, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, it's more important for you to see how the show is made than for us to make the show. Feel free to drive a tram through our set. Thanks." <laughs> and 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 this was all really wacky and if i could just say what last thing about universal studios it's i think people a little younger don't understand the magnitude of spielberg half the park was dedicated to things he made mm-hmm. when universal opened it was it was jurassic park would eventually come but it was et it was jaws it was back to the future it was fievel it was like, dude, Steven Spielberg ruled that park. Everything else was like over a decade old if yeah. it wasn't Spielberg stuff. It's very strange to think – it's it's very, very strange to think about someone opening up like an M. Night Shyamalan park. But that's sort of what Universal <laughs> was like at, at, the, at the time. Anyway, sorry. We, uh, but again, there's not a ton of movies to talk about. Yeah, I guess last week was Memorial Day weekend and uh, they blew everything out then and – I guess everyone wanted to get away from the one released this week, which they shouldn't have because it's terrible. It's yeah. it's uh, no Oof. kind of a notorious letdown, and, and 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 I think eight years in between a sequel nowadays seems yeah. like uh, just don't bother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just don't bother at all. But uh, 1982's 48 Hours was a massive hit, and Eddie Murphy continued to be a massive hit. And I do love this about it when 48 Hours was made in 1982. Eddie Murphy got paid two hundred grand to Nick Nolte's uh, one million dollars. Nick Nolte's oh name was ahead okay. of Eddie Murphy's, and when this movie came out, they reversed the order of where the names appeared. Eddie Murphy got backhand gross and twelve million, and Nick Nolte got three million or something oh. like that. But like, just sig- like I'm, I'm, I know that man. If you know Nick Nolte, you know he can't have much of an ego because otherwise, why would he be on screen at all? But <laughs> but. It, He's a strange one to me. Hard to figure out, honestly, because, like, The Prince of Tides is great, but everything else I've seen Nick Nolte in, I'm like, yeah, I could name probably, like, three other actors who could Ah, probably do this a little bit less scene-chewy. That's malarkey, shit. I was great in blue (laughs) ships, and I was the all-awesome in Mandalorian. (laughs) It's basically him yelling, God damn it, at Eddie Murphy, like, for two and a half hours. Ah, shit. What are we watching? (laughs) Uh, we're watching. It's not necessarily a, a poorly thought out sequel in that, like the first oh. movie involved Nick Nolte having to appeal appeal to a career criminal like Eddie Murphy in order to infiltrate a blobbity book. And uh, I think at the end of the film, Nick Nolte was holding on to his money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so the movie starts out like, "Hey, I need your help again, and I'm not yeah. going to give you no. your fucking money." Well, this is the the ultimate here we go again kind of he is sequel. Back in prison. We're we're just trying to redo the first one, even if it doesn't make a ton of sense. He's back in prison. Nick Nolte still has his money, and now he needs Eddie Murphy because he knows about this one crime boss who's trying to kill Nick Nolte. And 
But it's like connected to the previous movie in ways that, and I mean, I don't know if I'm just tired and distracted. And so I was having a hard time following, but like, I really felt (laughs) that I probably should have watched 48 hours to really understand what was going on. The movie does, the movie does, 48 hours ends with Eddie Murphy going back to jail after solving crimes with Nick Nolte. And if they made the movie in like a year, this movie would make much more sense. But he had a few months left on his record, so he shouldn't have been out of jail, back in jail, and then met the same person to do the same thing again. Yeah, and they just kind of redo scenes from the first one. And it also doesn't help that this is, it was shortened. The the studio shortened it. They cut a whole bunch out of it. Which maybe that would make some of these plot holes make a little bit more sense. This was fascinating for a little Chris to read about. Because I don't remember Total Recall being a huge hit. We talked about it last week. And yeah, the, it was a hit, not like a crazy hit, well, but the, it was a big hit. The studio, and this does, you just won't like notice this summer, you will not see major tentpole releases that are rated R. But this hmm. movie and Total Recall were. And all of a sudden, like week to week, this didn't happen. Like you have two rated R summer tentpole movies and everyone started to freak out about the length of 48, another 48 hours, which was over an hour over. It was, it, they cut almost an hour out of it. There are two cast members. Oh. It's, it's like 55 minutes. There are two oh cast members God. from the original movie who mm-hmm. appear. One guy's like, I had one line. They cut all of my action sequences and every funny thing I did. And the other guy was like, they cut all my lines. If you look closely, you'll see a returning cast member in the background. Cause they huh. had, they apparently very quickly had to cut down as much as possible to make a coherent movie. And I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of 40. I don't think they succeeded on that. There's one. not a lot of 48 hours fans out there, but there are like really ju- like glaring continuity errors because of all the things they considered superfluous to cut down the movie by oh, like about an hour. Uh, so, did in the original Forty Eight Hours, uh, was there good chemistry between Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte? Because it is not there in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least I was like, oh, I, I always like a buddy, you know, movie mm-hmm. where like two friends are like weirdly matched, but they get together to do a thing. And in this one, it they had no chemistry and it actually made no sense because Nick Nolte is basically torturing Eddie Murphy yeah. the entire <laughs> time the, right? the, the first thing with you know holding out money against him to force him into helping him forcing him into danger by you know helping Nick Nolte and then there's like one moment at the very end where Eddie Murphy's like oh you know nice to Nick Nolte like Hi, <laughs> being a real jerk to you. It's okay. You called me the N word yeah. in the first movie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, yeah, which yeah. I again, I don't think watching Forty Eight Hours Now, Nick Nolte will look like a redeemable character because he's like flat out racist by today's standards mm. to Eddie Murphy in the first film, and they become fast friends anyway. Eddie Murphy learns no lesson, but Nick Nolte does. No, <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to call this uh, one of the worst sequels out there. Like, I kind of think of it in the same thought as Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, my. And yeah. it's like, we're, we're just redoing the first one, but we have none of the charm. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You mostly hold your head and go, why did you bother? Jesus Christ, why did you bother? And I know. I love I love it. It was a it's a not a well-treaded tradition, but like the titling of it, because it sounds like you <laughs> say it with a sigh. Uh, another 48 hours. <laughs> oh, another stakeout. And they kind of left it there. Like, no mm-hmm. one wants to yep. call their movie another thing. 
and have it alphabetized in the wrong section so they can't be seen together on blockbuster shelves. Oh, and good point. I fucking hate. I hate That's that bad shit. marketing. Yeah. Yes, I, I cannot stand it. But I, I, I don't oh. remember hating it. But like, Forty Eight Hours is a movie of its time, and it's mm-hmm. so stunningly, mm-hmm. m- so much better. And it, Eddie Murphy wrote the story to this. He wanted to do this because he was huh. even at the time leaning into more not family friendly necessarily, but like uh, this this movie's dirty and violent, mm-hmm. and he wasn't really doing that anymore. And I think he was just sort of like. If Walter, if, like Walter Hill, was like, if, if we're gonna do it, we have to do it like we did the first one. Otherwise, it's Beverly Hills Cop, and Eddie doesn't want to do that. Mm, and he yeah. wants he wants to be distinct from the other stuff that he's doing. Yeah, and I I respect that Eddie Murphy seemed to be getting more involved in the filmmaking of mm-hmm. his movies. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that ended up being a good thing is kind of up to you. But it's important to take control of your career because was this last movie we talked about Harlem Nights? I feel like maybe it was, maybe, which yeah. he also produced and wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I believe he produced this one. So it's like, yeah, get get involved. That's usually a good idea. Yeah, dudes, right. Eddie Murphy usually. is a fucking genius. And the more I learn about him, the more I learn he likes everything I like. I love it. <laughs> he likes Star Trek and Planet of the Apes and Ed Wood and fucking Dolomite. Like, Eddie Murphy and I <laughs> should officially hang out. Like I'm sorry. I know everybody thinks they should, but they they're you're not me, man. Me and Eddie would just get along. Yeah, oh totally. <laughs> I've always said that about you. I've always been like, you know what? That Chris Antista, he and Eddie Murphy, I feel like they would just get along so well. I like the way he does <laughs> terrible impressions on me. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean I think the bottom line too is that when you're going into like a buddy movie where two people are having an adventure, you at least want it to be fun if it's not good and this is Mm. neither this is not fun Mm -hmm. 48 hours ladies and gentlemen i can't another another 48 hours another 48 hours it's uh, yeah it's it's sort of tragic because when you do have a sequel that's this lackluster it mars the legacy of your first film and makes people wonder Mm. why they ever loved it in the first place and if this hadn't existed 48 hours is it's dated and has a lot of stuff that won't you know, you know won't pass the twitter mm. barrier now but like it's original it's interesting mm-hmm. it's it, like and, and, and you forget about it because of how much this one ran on cable and uh and, and pales in comparison to the original i'll probably get into that in the, later in the segment later in the show uh but that is the only movie to talk about as uh, just as there's one single notable episode of television airing mm-hmm. in the summer and i if we're new to the show in back in the monoculture the three and a half network channels and cable having a real hard time with original programming that's scripted this is a real big dry spell for television that doesn't oh, yeah. have bob hope in it <laughs> pretty much yeah and i mean this isn't even a super notable episode of seinfeld it's the robbery where uh jerry goes out of town and leaves elaine at his apartment to watch you know, watch over his apartment i guess i don't know why he doesn't have plants or pets so yes. i'm not sure why she had to stay there make oh. sure nobody steals my tetris game well, guess what? <laughs> so actually she was there because she hates her roommate. And so she was having a little staycation in Jerry's apartment. So anyway. it, is, it is notable for the introduction, although not appearance, of Elaine's roommate who appears right. more often than I remembered. Tina. Well, it becomes a yeah, becomes a storyline several times for the first three years, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, it's it's a very smart TV uh, trope to have a off, mainly off-screen character who mm-hmm. still drives story. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it's was cheap. It's easy. It's 
interesting. You can kind of make this person into whatever kind of caricature you want. Um, she's a thespian, which means she's always doing Broadway stuff around um, <laughs> that Elaine can make fun of, which is wonderful. Love it. Love it when Elaine is mean. It's very, very yeah, fun. Her, her and, like, <laughs> and, and the waitress in the first couple episodes is like, dude, it's like, that's like a main character. Mm-hmm. And then it just disappears. Yeah. But this is the um, – so in this episode, Jer- Elaine goes shopping, and when she gets back, someone has come in has come in and stolen all of his electronics and a leather jacket. No, <laughs> a leather jacket. No. No. Because Kramer came over and left the door wide open because mm-hmm. he got distracted while he was cooking. He came over for a cooking utensil, got distracted watching The Bold and the Beautiful, and left the door open. I keep having financial – stress when i watch seinfeld now uh jerry don't you have renter's insurance no i bought this security thing and said like who the f- i've never known a single person with renter's insurance in my life how did yeah. jerry buy his parents two cadillacs on a comedian salary sorry I, I, like i part of the storyline is that jerry thinks is thinking about moving now to another apartment and the apartment that george shows him because at this point george is a real estate agent is so nice yeah i was just like of course, they didn't talk numbers because it's a good way to date your uh, mm. television program. But I was dying for them to throw out a price of what the rent would be oh, per month. Me too. For $1,400? Yeah, for <laughs> two, two bedrooms? With a fireplace. can't afford that. And a terrace. Yeah, it's just – I was really hoping that they would throw that out there. But. Can I bring my own butler? Because he's my butler. It's 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, it's, and it's so discomforting the idea of Jerry staying in a different apartment and I Elaine don't like living in yeah. Jerry's apartment. It's it's so strange. Is the first episode not written by Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> and, right. And I saw some people had called it the best of the season because it is. It, uh, it's well, I think that just because it's the most sitcommy or it has. Yes, it's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. As as there's less. Seinfeld jokes, I think, in this episode than there are in other um, episodes in this season. I don't think I would say that that makes it the best episode. Right. It's, it it doesn't, make it, doesn't, it the worst episode, in my opinion. It but, doesn't wallow well, in I the mean, miasma of nothing as much as the other episodes. Yeah, it's not a huge bar to get over to because there's five episodes in the first season. <laughs> this is number three. <laughs> Four and one correct. special. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. But this is a little blip of uh, joy in uh, what's probably going to be a very dull TV season for the next couple months. I was just thinking about how I do always look forward to on 30, 20, 10, though, when we start entering the summer months, because that's when I get to catch up and revisit a lot of the big blockbuster movies that I missed out on when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hadn't seen, you know, like I said, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3. Some movies we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to visiting and revisiting. So it's always very exciting to me because this is like the fun movie part of the year. And, and, but and, the yeah. TV, on the other hand, is a desert. But but as someone so we're as, going to be talking about a lot of TV movies. Sorry, kids. As somebody who who recently <laughs> did an almost entire rewatch of Seinfeld, it really just ran on autoplay on Hulu in the background twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and but also coming as someone in the '90s who watched syndicated versions of Seinfeld once if not twice a day they never rerun this episode and i, I uh, like i had not seen it until the dvd i've seen it several times because there are jokes that i remember from when i was a kid because that was when i watched it a lot it's twice a day on syndication 
Um, and I definitely remember his opening monologue, the stand-up monologue where he mm-hmm. talks about giving someone the finger and how someone shows you their finger and then it's supposed to make you feel sad. Like, you sh- <laughs> no, you should give him the toe. It's so much harder. I'd you got to be- get your sock off. Like, I'd be I, so I, much more offended by someone's toe than a random finger. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely distinctly remember that. And I also uh, remember the – so I like Jerry and George's friendship because they've been friends since they were young men. And so mm-hmm. a lot of their references to things are very older – I mean, I guess they're older Gen X, right? They wouldn't be boomers yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all Gen X. Yeah, and so they did – they were flipping the coin to see who gets the apartment. All right. I totally get that. Then they did a method of choosing something they had never seen before where mm-hmm. you shoot your hand out and you hold up a certain number of fingers oh. and then you add it up. And it, odds it, and evens? Yeah, odds and evens. And yep. I had never seen that before. And I remember that really stuck out for me as a kid they're, too. They're, they're, like, oh, they're yeah. like nine colloquial New York street things away from being oh, hello in the early Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like George and Jerry plus 30 years is, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know yeah. way too much about oh, what's yeah. happened off-Broadway in Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. They really do. They know yeah. a lot about musicals. Uh, You've never theater. done – you. that's the first time you saw Odds and Evens, though? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a lot less well-known than like Rock, Paper, Scissors. But sure. yeah, you can shoot zero, one, or two fingers, and you call whether or not – the combined fingers that you add up are going to be odds or evens. I watched yeah. the episode and still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's how that's how <laughs> little I've been exposed to it. Yeah, yeah, it's rock, paper, scissors, but with math. I have an app do it. There. <laughs> you can do that too. And no video. Fancy no, lad. No. Look, I don't want to be a fancy lad. Look, there are no notable. <laughs> oh, by the way, be a if you hate my Seinfeld impression. Please watch Jerry Seinfeld's new special because it makes the stand-up that he does in the show Seinfeld. He seems like Hugh Hefner. He should have a mic on a little stick because his new special is like, oh my god, we're out, we're doing it! Oh my god, he's running around all over the stage and screaming at the top of his lungs, and it's joyous. <laughs> it is joyous. We're out. We made it out. We made it out. Babysitter, who's going to get the babysitter? I don't know. It's it's fucking. It's Jerry Seinfeld cranked up to thirteen. Uh, there are no notable games. Yeah. Uh, to talk about this week, but I will dig further into this uh, month's Patreon uh, edition of 302010 Games for the Video Game Apocalypse Boys, uh, Mr. Diana Goodman and Matty Allen. Uh, oh, Michael Raparez, I should say his real name. Uh, for Video Game Apocalypse, join us to talk about the games that are celebrating anniversaries with, yeah, yeah, hear about all that with special sound effects in a combined 50 years in the games industry between us. <laughs> uh, but let's shoot, shoot to music of 1990, June 5th through the 11th. New releases, uh, Catholic Education by Teenage Fan Club, Terrible Name, OK Band, and mm-hmm. Step by Step by New Kids on the Block. Oh, the, the big follow-up to their giant hit. Mm. Yeah. It, it is the big, fo- Hanging Tough being their giant hit, right? Yeah. There's sure. nothing well, I Well, hit- I mean, their first album might just be called New Kids on the Block. I think it might but be. But yeah, the one that's got like Hanging Tough on it. So this is, Boom. yeah, this is the point that makes and breaks uh, groups, really. When you hit huge and then your second album, it's got to be just as good, if not better. And this one, I guess it was just as good because they stayed popular for a while. Ooh, I got, was not a new kids fan. They got a cartoon. Nor was I. Um, and we're going to close out with some Hold On by Wilson Phillips. 
My yes. favorite. Oh my because god, I love this song. We go. That album came out well, like a month ago or something, and it has just been like half the songs on it have just been crawling up the charts since then. And now Hold On is going to sit there. I think it's it's gonna hover around number one like over and over again for a while. Yeah. It's just fucking huge song. This because- song was huge of people like me calling into my radio station asking them to play it over and over again and it's like a super group right of like children of yes. famous people ryan wilson and exactly. michelle phillips yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah john and michelle phillips from mamas and the papas mm-hmm. and yeah and like they can all sing and they're all attractive and mm-hmm. everyone made fun of carney wilson because she's heavier but she's she's really pretty i this mm-hmm. always bothered me it was like dude she's hot she's just heavy mm-hmm they're all like really hot and they all like sing really well. Yeah. And one of them okay. had that short haircut. Like whenever we would, whenever my girl cousins and I would act out the music video um, at my grandparents' house, I would always be the short haired one. Cause I thought she looked the coolest. I think I had that haircut somewhere around this time. Not because of Wilson Phillips, just because I like having short hair. Before we went into hiding, I had that haircut for a couple of years. Yeah. Now yeah. I just look like something very bad. I can't mm-hmm. even like my hair. She is... looks like a for people who can't see this. She looks like a wet Yahoo serious. And... <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> I made it sound worse than it is, Sarah. I hope you don't get it. Uh, I I recently heard this song in on 420 when I watched rewatched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle because they sing it while crying. I do so, and I and I was like, wait, who does this song? I looked it up. Let me ask you this for people who are to the olds who remember the music video. Is part of the legacy the music video? To me, yes. Because um, it, it's I, like yeah. I don't like. I'm not making fun of it. It's just like they are smiling throughout most of it, singing something that's sort of depressing, but also mm-hmm. like, hey, hang in there, man. And they're like looking at one another and smiling. It's like something that's not done a ton in music videos, especially not lady videos where the highlight is I'm going to do something sexy and dance. Mm. Uh, it, it's, yeah. It, 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 the video embodies friendship uh, when I when I was watching yeah. it. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. I, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, yeah, when you combine what the song is about and that it's being sung by multiple people and they're like singing it to and with each other that's mm-hmm. about supporting each other yeah it looks you know like, it we're looks... playing this now but i kind of want to go out with it too i feel like the world needs this message yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely <laughs> really... need this more than ever <laughs> i'd have to play this for every break just the, the world needs hold on right now okay. also i love bridesmaids and it's one of the best movies of the decade a hundred percent and yes it's so good in bridesmaids that ending Whew. Love it. All right, let's close out with some Wilson Phillips. But hold on, we will be right back right after this.
coming in with uh, Queen of the Stone Age, the art, uh, the lost art of keeping a secret off of Rated R, an album cover I really love for some reason, and I'm not even Quentin Tarantino. I just, I just <laughs> love that 1970s MPAA restricted marker. And uh, hey, look, I'm gonna go with the flow guy, but this song's great. Queen of the Stone Age was a fun band. Yeah, I like, I like they've gone through like a couple of incarnations. It seems like of different styles. Some harder, some softer, and I, I enjoy all of them. I get the inclination that the uh, lead singer's an asshole. Hmm. <laughs> is the lead singer it? from the Foo Fighters? No, but the Foo no. Fighters regularly... Are they connected in some way? They regularly play with them because he's constantly firing band members and or their quit. And I don't know I don't know what the case is there, but that is what's happening. Like, I think Dave hmm. Grohl played on the next album or some shit. Uh, played mm-hmm. drums. Because he's Dave Grohl, and he is beyond repro- reproach. Chris Novoselic was milkshake duck this week. And <sighs> the most disappointing... Like, 20 years in the making disappointing thing I've ever read in my life. That When he threw that bass up in the air and it hit him in the head. That's what happened. Live show. Yeah. I feel yeah. like maybe something. something I hope right smells like Team Spirit. And I think the president is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just started laughing in the middle of this because, I'm sorry, listeners, you can't see this, but I have a teeny tiny little straw hat here that, like, fits on my finger. And I just put it on top of the other microphone that's sitting on this desk. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard like I have another farmer Pretend. that's uh, podcasting with me. You have, Sorry. You have officially Guys. Elaine Pez dispensered this entire show, Sarah. <laughs> I really have. I'm sorry. I, I'm a little punchy. It's been a long it's week. It's okay. And it's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, I'm sweaty. My natural deodorant is not working. I have to throw that in the trash. It's been a long day. Uh, it is the year okay. 2000, June 5th to the 11th. Um, we are talking about music at the moment. we got some new releases to tell you about. The Captain by uh, Cassie, Cassie Chambers? Casey Chambers? Never heard of this person. Casey Chambers. Uh, Brutal Planet by Alice Cooper. Fold Your Hands, uh, Child, You Walk Like a Peasant by Belle and Sebastian. Uh, question in the Form of an Answer by People Under the Stairs. And Me and the Drummer, the 47th album, studio album from Willie Nelson, who every year for the last 12 years on a podcast I predict will die and never does. Don't die. Why you would you bite do your that? fucking tongue? Because no, no one's... He, he looks old now, so no one's expecting it. Sure. And, uh, and that's why I do it. I want to be I want to be that dark horse. Because when you do that, everyone's like, man, you were really right about that. And like, I threw a dart in my head. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dude, I he's wasn't. 87. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not... But I, I feel like he'll be fine because he's just high... All the time. Right. So anything that happens to him, he can just roll with it. Right. And I, I don't care how long he, he dyes his hair red. I like it. it yeah. Especially going up against his, like, he's like the hippie version of John Bolton with his gray-ass beard. Uh, we just need to put a dome of protection over him, Dolly Parton, and Jimmy Carter. If we could just keep them all going for a mm. while, yep. it would be really good for me. <laughs> it yeah. would really They're... make me feel better. Uh, Maria, Maria Maria, by saying that is the number one. But, there Still. Fucking number one. That's ten weeks. That's ten mm. weeks. Will it still be there next week? What will be the thing to get rid of it? Tune, Tune in and find out. Don't Google. Um, and a little bit of news to bring you into 2000. January 5th to the 11th, a uh, judge in a federal antitrust suit against Microsoft orders the company broken into two companies. And I didn't really know the specifics of this until you wrote this down, Diana. Uh, mm-hmm. One for the operating system and one for the software. And right. that, and I guess nowadays they have a separate hardware division and a separate Xbox mm-hmm. division. Well, they have divisions, but they're not separate companies. This lawsuit 
goes the, the Microsoft antitrust lawsuit goes on and on and on, and it gets mm-hmm. really, really confusing. Mm-hmm. But I just thought here was the the big news was oh shit is Microsoft too big to be allowed to be a company anymore? It, it's something yeah. the current Spoiler, administration no. will never care about. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. was really the first time. I mean, I remember when this happened, and this was the first time that. I mean, it's certainly in my life, I think, that antitrust was really a thing that people were talking about, right? Like, yeah. I mean, had this really been employed? Not before, for a while. Like, since, you know, decades and decades and decades since, ago? Since, uh, since Bell Telephones? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was probably the last huge one that people mm-hmm. had heard of. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I remember covering this in my, like, social studies class in high school, you know, like, yeah. it was a big deal. And it was a good way to talk about trust, trust busting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, and so much of this lawsuit boils down to it's not fair that Internet Explorer comes free with your Microsoft. What about Netscape? I'm not kidding. That is that is a no, big part it, of that lawsuit. And, and Microsoft and Word. It sounds and, adorable. And, it I, sounds adorable. and I know it was all exacerbated in, on a more serious level in England that had rippling effects that came back to the U.S. because they had yeah. harder antitrust suits. And everything that you will f- eventually find irritating about social media would be because of something England did and we didn't. Uh, that's why you'll be confused by it. I had never heard of this, and I'm really glad mm-hmm. you showed this to me, uh, Diana. I hadn't either, but then I, I dug into it some more. For, the first viral video. Yeah, oh. yeah, one of the first viral. Well, I don't know. Well, no, it's the first. It's a first. You can't call it the first viral video, but you it's, can it's one I mean, of those because it's really hard to nail down the first. Minute there's thing, not but, a word for it, but and it's an intentional viral video. Nobody fell right. off of like a packet of grapes or some shit, or slipped on a goddamn yeah. banana peel. This mm. dude made a film and everyone loved it. All your yeah. base was an intentional viral video. Right. Yeah. So it's a, a three minute film called 405. It was made for about 300 bucks and it was made to go online. Mm-hmm. And it was. And it became a viral video. So that's kind of, I, I like calling it, you know, an, uh, the first viral video just because it was intended to be an online video. Yeah. And, and a, so and a, many things that went viral. A little bit after this time is when we really start seeing them were things that, you know, was just like a really funny bumper from Adult Swim or, uh, you know, some music video some guy made or Star Wars Kid or something like right. that. And I, I uh, it's it, it's before not only before YouTube, it's before Flash. I remember talking to mm. Sarah's husband about the idea like, no, dude, I saw a video encoded with Flash. And he's like, and Sam having a, way more knowledge about computers, like that's not possible. We had flash. We had flash cartoons and shit like that. Remember, remember fucking online cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like we had those oh, yeah. before we had online video because it didn't suck up all your bandwidth because there was no way to compress video. And if you, I love remembering, like when you would go to a website and like, do you want fifty six k or broadband when you go in here? Because <laughs> we have a lot of terrible flash. It's going to clog your computer. Uh, and, and this yep. is just like a straight up like, no, this is a like. Full screen, I, I saw a high def version of this. I watched the whole thing, making it the longest viral video I've ever watched. But <laughs> it's it was made for three hundred bucks by two guys who I was happy to see. I looked them up just so I can say their names: uh, Bruce Bannett and Jeremy Hunt, who have since won Emmys for their effects work and oh, uh, things cool. like Star Trek. And I believe uh, Bannett was nominated for Breaking Bad. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, they 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 since had a, a lot of a lot of work in in television. They made this you have to look at it through 2000 because the effects are the effects are what they are but it's like it these are all made on pcs not high-end pcs not editing max suites with pro tools just like computers for 300 (laughs) dollars, and it's all about a 
plane that's making an emergency landing on a highway and their front landing gear ends up becoming this guy's Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> oh, wow, cool. And it's it, it yeah, it's it's noted as one of the first kind of independent viral videos on on the internet. There was some other stuff like people adding lightsabers to Braveheart. I remember that in mm. a real media day, but like I never actually saw this, but like you can see why. Like, oh shit, this might this might have inspired more filmmakers than any film within ten years of it, because mm. this showed mm. people like I can do this and release it. Anybody who got in on that within the next couple of months, like, had a really good shot of reaching a lot of people, mm-hmm. and and I believe they were signed like immediately to like a professional talent agency based on this. Wow. And, and the, I love the effects now. I'm like, these look like Tim and Eric. And I look at the thing like I was – he was the visual effects director on Tim and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> on one of Tim and Eric shows. Um, That's cool. And He's apropos adorable. of nothing, uh, Bruce Springsteen sings his new song about the 1999 New York City <laughs> police killing of Amandu uh, Diallo. Diallo? Oh, Amadou Diallo. At yeah. uh, Madison Square Garden, um, to cheers and booze, the song is called American Skin, 41 Shots, about the violence from uh, New York City police who shot a man 41 times. Yeah. They fired 41 shots at a guy who was taking out his wallet to show them ID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we covered this when it happened in 99. And then, uh, boy, were people, oh, God, I hate how apropos this is right now. I don't <laughs> very, see it. Very upsetting. I, everything everything yeah. was better after this. No need to protest. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, a, a lot of cops, especially uh, in the New York, New Jersey area, Bruce Springsteen is God. How could you do and, this to me, boss? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that he would write what they thought was an anti-cop song, mm-hmm. uh, really pissed them off and they they called uh you know the the patrolman's Benef- benevolent association which is the the union like called for boycotts and they got all pissed off and bruce was like this guy was taking out his wallet and you shot 41 times mm-hmm. at an unarmed man and murdered him mm-hmm. i know nominate- get your shit together once again and they were like bruce, bruce. <laughs> That's it. I'm not taking any more of your free fucking tickets that you give the entire police department every time you play Born to Run with the entire E Street Band in its entirety <laughs> while we do nothing yeah. but pretend to protect you. From no one, because <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, by the by the way, almost every year wins best the Best Millionaire Award. Mm. <laughs> almost every year. My dad's a big fan, so I know way more about him than I want to. Yeah. Right. Do I know anyone that doesn't like Bruce Springsteen? I feel like the only people I know that don't like Bruce Springsteen, they just don't like Bruce Springsteen fans. Yeah. Mm. And I know people who don't like Bruce Springsteen music, but like even standing back from like, damn, this dude's pretty with (laughs) it every time. But as a guy, (laughs) how do you feel about him as a guy? He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. There was that. That's one of those films that I think got lost to time because Mm. there was a um, Bruce Springsteen documentary, Bruce Springsteen documentary. I know. That was supposed to come out. Like mm. last year, I think. Uh, I have no idea what happened to it. It came out. I bought my dad the uh, the, the album that came out in conjunction with it. Oh, okay. Because uh, well, he loves that never shit. Never mind. He then. loves the boss. Uh, he loves oh. putting a rag in his pocket and singing to his lady. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Nothing no, Nothing gets me revved up faster than Ghost of Tom Joad, boy. Yeah. Woo, that's some sexy music there. The highway <laughs> was jammed with <laughs> I mean, broken I heroes. Tell you what, I'm on fire. Actually, is pretty bone zone. Yeah, but it's like a minute long. So, well, sometimes that's all you need. Hit hit repeat. I I, I do like. <laughs> oh well, look who's so fancy. 
<laughs> I love I love reaching an area of maturity where I can say Bruce Springsteen's awesome, and I don't care about almost anything he's ever made. I, I am not yeah. a fan at all, but like like you rule, dude. Keep doing stuff. I'm glad having you around. A big fan. You deserve I to be a megastar. Tenth um, Avenue freeze out. Woo! Anyway, <laughs> and, uh, so should we talk about the one movie? For yeah, two? it's it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's weird. It is a strange. It's a strange movie that I like. I. I wish I, I I wish I could tell you I hated more with like a lot of vitriol like you, you kids love to hate on movies. Uh, God, I turned forty. I keep calling people you kids. Um, <laughs> Robert Duvall, Chief McBride, Christopher Eccleston, Will Patton, Delroy Lindo, Giovanni Ribisi, Angelina Jolie, and Nicolas Cage. In gone in sixty seconds. You want to go for a ride? Oh yes. Warning: This ride may be too intense. Intense. Don't look at me. Turn away. Here's where it gets tricky. Or a low tolerance. Did you know that this is considered to be one of the first trailers narrated by a woman? Really? Yeah. And whose name is like Melissa Disney, but Oh right. No, Melissa Disney. Yeah, and well, no relation apparently, and she changed it on no. purpose. But uh, <laughs> I remember reading about her when I we did our trailers episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, this is where it came from. This this movie, and I really we're gonna talk about this. Might be the most remix from the most unoriginal <laughs> movies of any episode. Yeah. So yeah, I almost remakes. watched this movie um, <laughs> this weekend, but ended up not doing that because I realized that. Uh, the DVD that I picked up from my local library was for the 1974. Ah, it's so much better. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah, it really is. It's so. So good. I still have it, so I may just watch it anyways for funsies. But yes, I should have oh. checked the day before I put it on hold at my library. This- yeah, no the the original the 74 one is up there for most cars destroyed yeah. through the making of the set. Uh, according to Wikipedia, at least 127 cars are damaged or destroyed. 93 of them in just the big car chase that takes yeah. like half of the movie. And I would say wow. half, half of them, half the cars damaged uh, were owned by people who didn't know they were in a car chase sequence because I, I, I thought I read I, that movie is like Gone in 60 Seconds and the th- remake just takes this little thing. Gone in 60 Seconds is how long it takes to steal a car. And there's a premise that happens where like, I'm going to murder everyone unless you can steal me this many cars. That's impossible. I got to recruit a team to steal this many cars. And this yep. movie is more about character and funny moments and we can get the camera where the other ones are about quiet dudes who it is just car porn. And it is car yep. porn... It, I know I should be talking about the, the, the 2000 one, but the 70s one is just like, dude, this is all really dangerous. The last hour, almost no words are spoken, but metal flies. It is fucking mm, great. Yeah. It, it is awesome. And this movie yeah. is not that because everyone's mugging and making jokes. But I saw it on cable recently and like, you know, I don't fucking hate this anymore. There, It, 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 it is a – if you had to remake it, I'm okay mm-hmm. with this. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's a good example of something that it's – you should remake bad movies, not good movies. Yeah. And it's like, there are a lot of bad movies with good ideas in them that were just made, you know, cheap and grindhousey. That's kind of how the original Gone in 60 Seconds is. So the Ocean's idea of, Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Ocean's Eleven, even. It's like, the original is fine, but the remake is just a lot better somehow. It just, yeah. I mean, Ocean's Eleven is more, the original is more important than good just because of the cast that it has. Yeah. But 
the remake is actually a good movie, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, I like the idea of just taking this kind of shitty grindhousey, cheap ass independent movie that's got a fun idea of we're going to steal all of the cars and then drive and run amok. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And 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 make a modern movie out of it with, you know, an actual budget and lots and lots of fancy cars and stuff oh, like man. that. I need Only, that. I need, I, man, this movie is it's so Bruckheimer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, the style of it is so, so aggressively, pointlessly overstylized. Mm-hmm. So, so, so much. I know, but I've. I've, I've it's like hard to watch sometimes because not, no, I've, it feels I, so of its time. You saw me defend Arm- Armageddon, where I feel like Quentin Tarantino Jr., where I'm like, I really love this old cornball. Go for broke style where we don't care how silly this looks. We're yeah. gonna we just want to look as awesome as possible. And then I think of the seventies gone in sixty seconds and like, yeah, oh god, everybody's so sweaty and like they have shag <laughs> wallpaper and puffy hats everywhere. Like this fucking rules. I love watching this stupid horse shit. Oh, be of your time. I love a good movie that's of its time. So, like, yeah. I hated these movies, this movie in Armageddon when they came out. I hated all Bruckheimer Bro- mm-hmm. stuff. I'm really starting to enjoy it now. Really, it is. Me. I mean, it's definitely those are perfect for this kind of nostalgia viewing. You know, yeah. Where you know it's not good, but it takes you to a certain time. Those are these are the perfect movies for that. And yeah. there's a place for that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And again, yeah. I, I don't know if that was Melissa Disney or she, but she did narrate the trailer. That was a TV spot. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen, uh, oh fuck, I forgot. I hate being old. What was the movie with Lake Bell that she wrote uh, about the trailer voice? In people? a world. In a world. Which is great. Yes. Uh, TV of 2000, Jan- June <laughs> 5th through the 11th. Stanley Cup, New Jersey Devils beat the Dallas Stars. Um, Yay. Man, I wish they would have taken uh, some overtime here to think of it more fun name uh but but we also have on the 11th the are you afraid of the dark finale again 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 this is confusing and i spent way too much time looking at it and it turns out people who write things on wikis are wrong um there is no crossover do you remember how are you afraid of the dark worked that there was um, the Midnight Society. It was like an anthology, right? right? Yes. But kids telling a story, right? Yeah. Right. It was like a Twilight Zone, but the Midnight Society, these kids around a campfire would tell the story of the bloodless horror movie. <laughs> and then I think only two or three times in the history, the, the kids telling the story, the stars of the framing device, would be a part of the story. Hmm. And hmm. I don't remember Are You Afraid of the Dark being resurrected four years after the Nickelodeon finale and this is the second season of the reboot, but a couple of the cast members came back as if you care. If it's not that one nerd in the glasses, I will not recognize you. And, <laughs> but I, I do have some like like horror fans, friends of mine that are like three years younger. And like, Are You Afraid of the Dark was like, it, it definitely is Stockholm Syndrome and all you had as a kid. But like, yeah, dude, there's people who swear by this and do marathons that I know every year. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, I always thought they pulled their punches. And I, well, I, I did not yeah. like. Well, I mean, it's Nickelodeon show. I know, I know, but like, I grew up reading uh, Tales from the Crypt comics. I'd watch the Tales from the Crypt show. They would be one to one authentic. And then instead of like, and then the man, they found a body lying ambiguously, dead of fright, with gray hair. Like HBO would be like, and then zombie cheerleader boobs porn. 
like th- th- that's what they would <laughs> yeah, make. Yeah, this the, is for the Goosebumps generation. Make the ending, though. and so yeah. for the Goosebumps generation, they would they would have this fucking awesome, atmospheric, beautifully shot, well paced episode, and then like, and then everybody lived happily ever after at the end. Almost never do they leave you with anything unsettling. So that's why I like I was getting a little too old for Are You Afraid of the Dark? I loved it mm. at first. Mm. But I'm, I'm I'm shouting out people who grew up with it a little younger because me and my girl just watched Courage the Cowardly Dog and just like, dude, old little kid horror was fucking awesome. Anyway, <laughs> uh, video games this week. Only one notable one, but hey, apparently it's on iOS. I have never played the direct video game playable sequel to Bram, Stroker, Bram Stoker's Dracula. To Bram what? Stroker Aces Dracula. Uh, <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula Resurrection takes place right after the first book. Uh, because you can do that with public domain stuff. It's an mm. interactive mm. novel. Uh, it looked unapproachable and terrible, but I don't know. It's available, I think, on Android and iOS 20 years later. Uh, but let's close out by Painted on My Heart uh, from The Cult off the Gone in 60 Seconds soundtrack, people. But. Yep. Does it have a crossover video? It has the crossover. Oh, yes. I, was, I was go looking for the one that has the video with footage from the movie. The Cult had a music video in 2000? Oh yes. Oh, she sells I'm sanctuary. pretty sure I love this song. Oh, okay. It's a pretty good song. Yeah, I like it. I will close out with that. So uh, do not let those do not let that needle drop because we have some real high octane thrills coming your way in the next segment. That is an outro. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of June 5th through 11th, I thought about uh, looking for a classic movie that responds to the times that we are in, and I decided to just go with something that is having an anniversary because, damn it, it's one of my favorite movies, and it actually takes my mind off of what's going on a bit and still has applicable lessons for everyone. And that is from 1960, 60 years ago this week, saw the release of Billy Wilder's probable masterpiece, The Apartment. I love this movie so fucking much. Uh, The Apartment stars Jack Lemmon as a workaday schlub in a big office who accidentally starts lending out his office to his higher-ups so they can have affairs. Meanwhile, he is super in love with elevator operator Shirley MacLaine, who it turns out mm, is with one of said bosses, who's played by Fred McMurray, who's, man, for someone who's used to uh, My Three Sons or Absent-Minded Professor, he is a dick in this movie. And he is so good. Everyone, the performances are just fantastic. Billy Wilder is my favorite filmmaker of all time. I've said this many, many, many times. And I think this... The reason I think it might be his best movie is because it does everything he does really well. It's got great dialogue. It's really funny, but it also has just tons of heart and and human frailty and people sort of being their own worst enemies and then trying to become better people. And 
it is heartwarming as hell. And also, yeah, I feel like there's stuff you can kind of learn from it. So The Apartment from 1960, uh, that is beyond a recommend for me. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in with Even Though by, oh my god, I should have read this out loud first, Morchiba? Yeah. Hey, I did it. Uh, Off of Blood Like Lemonade. Um, Hope you like underwater videos. I do. Uh, Welcome to 2010, June 5th or the 11th. How about some more new music releases? You know it. Self-titled, not debut, but uh, Attack, Attack. Up on the Ridge by Dierks Bentley. Chant by Tokyo Police Club. To the Sky by Kevin Rudolph. Screen by Ozzy Osbourne and Take a Vacation by The Young Veins, a side project by some of the Panic at the Disco guys. I only pronounced the exclamation point in the last word. Disco! Uh, OMG by Usher (laughs) featuring Will I Am is still number one because the charts love Will I Am. And spark up one of those Krasinski's as far as news goes because Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are getting married this very week. Married. Still still together, despite John Krasinski being dead and his. Quiet Place 2 movie being nowhere. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Stanley Tucci is married to Elman, El- Emily Blunt's sister. No shit! Yes. They're she c- introduced Krasinski them. Is part of the Tucci gang? He's part of the Tucci gang. Yeah, whether he likes wow. it or not. They must have the best Thanksgiving orgies. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? Yes! Yes, I can. <laughs> I can't, but I'm, I haven't. But just maybe staring I off. Of the I'm taking art now. classes so I can show you what I think it looks like. I just have Yay. to finish this pirate or turtle. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> movies of 2010, uh, January, June 5th through the 11th. Ooh, and you just want to go back in time. Look, we all do, okay? Yeah, we all man. want to go back in time. I, mm-hmm. I just started talking for the first time in 10 hours after editing. So, uh, I'm getting I'm getting my legs back. Uh, Black Death by Eddie, with Eddie Redmayne, Sean Bean, and uh, Carice Van Houten. Sean Bon. Sean Bon? Scene Bean. Scene Bean. Uh, it was a, a British horror movie, um, sort of, uh, it got compared to Witchfinder General a lot in that, like, it's about uh, you know, it's the Middle Ages and everything is muddy and dark and gross. And then there's like a whole thing about like religion. And then these guys get like tied up and are supposed to renounce their faith and blah, blah, blah. Like uh, some horror fans seem to like it. Huh. Where, oh, like, oh, okay. This, you know, grimy Middle Ages horror instead of regular old teenagers getting killed horror. And sometimes the monster is us. <gasps> okay. I, I'll take that uh, over. Well, some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. I know. Mm. Uh, I, it's another It's another thin week. There's one movie I, I will probably be the only one to go to bat for, but... Maybe. But I, I spent but the... first. I spent the weekend marching on behalf of... Uh, against this mo- that last movie title, but... Um, I was going to say, <laughs> this movie is probably not the movie to watch now or for a while, considering the subject matter and the title. Man. Yeah, it's the title. I yeah. mean, they're not talking about the death of black people they're talking about. No, but they are talking about a plague that's killing people. Yeah, good point. Both are not great right now. No, I didn't even think of that. You're right. Maybe this is the perfect Total Recall movie. I... I, I cannot wait to talk about this. I can't... I couldn't get into this movie. I've never been able to get in this show. It is nostalgia from before my time. 
Mm-hmm. Look at this cast. Jessica Biel, Charlotte Copley, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson, Bradley Cooper, uh, and Liam Neeson. And, and Gerald McGrady. Uh, yes. And Joe. Hello. Uh, the A-Team. An elite commando unit was sent to prison for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escape today. They survive as soldiers for hire. This is beyond nuts, boss. It gets better. If you have a problem... You look like you got a real bad attitude. Maybe you can hire... The A-Team. I'm sorry, I can't stop looking at your hair. This film is... <laughs> uh, yeah, when they started making movies out of TV shows left and right, I felt like this was inevitable yeah. because mm-hmm. it was an action TV show and it ran for five seasons and it's got a really, really simple idea, which they just outlined. That's the exact same thing they said in mm-hmm. the credits of the show every week. It's Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of dudes that are a Suicide Squad. Yep. Mm. And And I remember like, I knew the theme song, but I, I feel like I'm part of a collective experiment where, like, was I asleep when this was good? Because when, when I finally was <laughs> like, this movie has been, it was in development for about 20 years. Yeah. Well, wanted- that makes sense. I mean, if it was made 20 years before, it would make sense as a movie. But in 2010, who is this for? Right. Like, if it came out, even if it came out amongst, like, Mission Impossible and stuff like that, like, oh, it's 20 years old. I understand this, but like, yeah, I, I remember like finally I knew this movie, this, the show existed because Mr. T existed, not from mm-hmm. anybody right. else. And right. then I watched it. I watched an episode and like, this is ungodly cheap and boring. Like at, it's like, very cheap it, and very silly. If you're lucky, a van will roll over in a way <laughs> that you can pick it back up again. It is, it is, it is. I, I could, I hate, I kind of hate this. This is nostalgia <laughs> gone crazy. And and I and yeah. Dukes of Hazard is a little bit of that too, but I was at least on board with that as a very very little kid. I don't remember fuck about the A Team. I never saw reruns of this until I was twenty. When I saw that there was a big budget movie with major Bradley Cooper wasn't quite like a major movie star yet. He was like, oh, we can afford him right before he finally hits. Yeah, he was getting there. I mean, because we had the Hangover. Yeah, and, yeah, and it and, and and but Liam Neeson he. He is not. He Why? still doesn't have gray hair. Ten years later, and this he looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he looks ridiculous Ugh. in this movie. And, and it's so so dumb because I feel is. like they, yeah, they took the idea of oh these guys are you know they're on the run, but they also have you know a special set of skills. And yeah, simple idea, and it's fun. You know, they usually end I up find you something. In, I will find you mm-hmm. in forty two minutes. Yeah, and you know they end up MacGyvering something, and they solve some random person's problems, and then they move on to the next town. So and the band you know, over. there you go. And I, re- and I remember I was I was but uh, like here they decide let's th- let's throw a ton of effects money at it mm-hmm. so they can do mm-hmm. really crazy shit like have a tank drop out of a plane, and then they're in the tank shooting guys as they're heading down, and it's Woo! like mm-hmm. no one asked for this. Mm-hmm. No, it one- is yeah, it's kind it's. It's gobbledygook. Let's just put it that way as far as like what exactly is going on here. And the stunts slash special effects, like the action pieces are just so fake looking that it does. It's not even fun in a way, but it's not even fun in a way that like the movie 2012 was kind of fun because it was so (laughs) over the top. Like this just seemed not enough in any direction. 
Mm. I, I, I have a feeling this 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 probably suffered from too many cooks, given how long people wanted to make this happen and its yeah. name recognition. The, the director, what is it, Joe Car- Carnahan? Like, mm-hmm. dude, that dude rules. He's he's good, but like usually he's with done like, some good movies. The Gray, I actually do like. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but also usually like low key effects and action sequences and like really mm-hmm. tense stuff. And like this is. I, I'm sure he had a version of this that like is more true to his style because I really do like the dude and like this is this is just unpalatable like this is everything wrong <laughs> with like reboot and and remake culture mm-hmm. and yeah. and I just remember like I, we, we were we were getting a demo of Lego Dimensions in my apartment if you, it seems so long ago we were still doing that and it's like yeah Lego's now it's got your favorite Warner Brothers properties and like oh really like Adventure Time like yeah we got Adventure Time Harry Potter uh Beetlejuice Gremlins um an A team like A like Mr. T's like no like the movie and like from <laughs> from 9 years ago what do you why is this here does someone have a gun to someone's head that says A team needs to be a thing that like has to keep happening cuz i i don't i've never met an A team fan in my life yeah no <laughs> same I don't know it at all. I, I recognize some Family Guy references, but that is literally the only time I see it show up in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, that theme song does rule, though. Yes. I I literally will hum that theme song to me as I am doing something very hands-on. You know. <laughs> Please, I'm gonna have to ask Michael to record this next time. Because <laughs> okay. really like it's just that. it's great, you know, action. You dun 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 dun. It's yeah. like, well, I got the drill out and I got to drill a hole so I can run. <laughs> I can run this cable uh, to the back of the TV. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the theme is very great escapee. It's 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 the yeah. best thing about the whole show, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I've tried a lot. I've tried a lot. I, I don't know any fans of this. It's very, very strange to think yeah. about. Um, no, one thing no. I... Oh, go okay. ahead. I was going to say, one thing I want to point out, though, is that Patrick Wilson is also in this. Patrick Wilson is one of those actors who is good in everything, but makes some really just not great choices. Mm. Like when he makes good choices, they're very good. And then when he make he makes other choices like this, where he's like frequently one of the best things in the film. Mm. I think he's like extremely underrated. People mm. should rate him more. I will rate him. He's a great night owl. I've, yeah. <laughs> he's a great night owl. Also, yeah. John Hamm shows up at the very right. end. He's uncredited. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's Weird. No, I was just thinking, based on what we were just saying about Gone in 60 Seconds, about how it's big and dumb and of its time, do you think in another 20 years we'll look back and be the same way? Or it's like, well, the movie sucks, but oh my god, it is so 2010. (laughs) Maybe, but I don't think there's enough there there for that to even be true. I know, know, I know, but like... Let me just, I haven't had, been able to say this straight out. We always, we started podcasting in the aughts, in the 08s, 07s, mm-hmm. and we said the same thing about 2000. So when I see Gone in 60 Seconds, I'm like, this is evocative of the era that it was made. It just takes you 10 years to see uh, the style at the time. Mm-hmm. But the, like, I think something about the, because like, I have watched this or tried to watch it, and it's like, it is thoroughly unappealing, and it seems to be built around people who are either waiting for action sequences or waiting for to nods to a thing I don't fucking get. Mm-hmm. Which, like, the best TV show, movie, remakes, Adam's Family, Mission Impossible, like, don't fucking do that. And and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I can't... I, I really don't like this. And, I, I, I like, the idea, I just wish I could shake a studio guy by the shoulder. It has name recognition. Like, don't buy the license. Steal the concept. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Do, and do not <laughs> put anybody else... 
in that fucking toe-headed wig ever again. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> please don't do that. Looking like an old Hank Venture, fucking Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that again. And um, in terms, in like, in the public, didn't totally care for it. I don't think it was a. It's, you wouldn't call it a bomb, but it's just like. To see a movie yeah. that had been in the works this time with this cast, with this filmmaker, to just disappear from the mm-hmm. world, like to where I have to ask mm-hmm. a guy, like, why on earth would you address this again? Like, uh, he's like, I don't know. Uh, the neck that it lost out to the number one slot at the box office to yet another remake slash reboot to Raji P. Henson, Jaden Smith, and Jackie Chan in the Karate Kid. I don't want to be scared anymore. The only way to stop them is to face them. I will teach you. Nice. You're Yoda and I'm like a Jedi. Um, that's nasty. The Karate Kid. Um, Mm. What a confusing film. There's a lot of things to chip away at if you're a fucking pedantic person on the internet. But they're I, not doing karate; they're doing kung fu. Uh, yes, <laughs> I like pedantic voice. <laughs> karate, you know, karate is from Japan, and Jackie Chan is from China. In like, in, yeah. Earth, <laughs> pretty much the same voice I do for my dog. Which I, I've gotten responses very strongly that they really like my Steve voice, and I'm like, "Hey, can we go wackies?" I'm just just asking because you know I I want to go wackies, and I'm me, Steve. I mean, you're not feeding me right now. <laughs> and that seems to be a mistake, Danny. Uh, Sarah may not do it, but her she doesn't like South Park, but all her pet voices are Eric Cartman. I love pointing that Apparently. out. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that is you. It's true. Yeah, that is you. my pet voice. Yep. Everyone's got one. But karate, karate Kid, like by comparison, a $100 million movie in A Team that makes like a hundred and. Seven million dollars at the box office. Right. This movie cost nothing. Yep, forty cost forty million dollars. Nothing, wow. and made almost four hundred million dollars at the domestic box office. Oh and I, I, I personally didn't. I would never have pushed my chips on like the Karate Kid license, especially use this liberally because like well, there is such yeah. a huge amount of affection for the Karate Kid, though. No, I yeah, that, and that's. That's what put me off. I was like, why are you remaking it? Everyone loves the original. They forget about the sequels, and that's fine. I don't. But people have, you know, a lot of love for the original, so you're just going to make the same movie again? What's even the point? And they didn't. They did the thing that you should do, which is, I mean, I'd like it if they changed the title, but they, they took a very a tiny part of the idea from the original movie, and they made a different movie with it. It's so weird. Kung Fu Kid would be... A, just a little bit of a stupider title than Karate Kid. It's in really 2010. stupid, but yeah. like the Karate Kid is no less stupid. Yeah, they they sort of blend the ideas of Karate Kid one and two. And I say this: I didn't grow up watching Karate Kid. I mm. started watching Karate Kid like five years ago as a Christmas movie. It is excellent. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love I've it. Never, it's I've funny. never seen it. No. I've never seen, yeah, and it was just one of the ones that I just. Didn't happen for me when I was a little kid, and then you will love it. And and yeah, first Karate Kid, even second Karate Kid, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's a blend of the first. Fun. It's a blend of the first two. Nothing takes place in California. It all takes place in 
I'm just going to say the Orient and accept all it's the hate mail I get. I know, I know, but like the second movie, Danielson goes to Okinawa, and right. and and that's it's a little more of the flavor of the second movie with the origins of the first movie in California, and it is really, really, really buoyed on Jaden Smith. And yeah. whenever I watch, when I first started, like as an older person watching Karate Kid, like Ralph Macchio really has to and does carry that movie. That I don't know why that guy stopped being a movie star because he is utterly charismatic. I don't know if I'd say the same thing about Jaden Smith because I'm more like worried about him. Like his par- his mother and mm. father are the producers of this movie starring mm. him. Mm-hmm. You should be in jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> you should be in jail. How do you criticize your kid as the producer of a movie with a hundred people surrounding you in Beijing, having to ask the government to shoot a scene on the Berlin Wall—not the, the Berlin Wall, the, the Great Wall of China? A, a, yeah. a bunch of like real effects in locations you don't always see for real in movies mm-hmm. in 2010, and it's it's it is the opposite of bad. I will never yeah. supplant it with the original Karate Kid. And I'm glad it found its audience because, like, I think it's it's a it's an interesting story worth telling. That I don't know movies will tell stories like this anymore. Uh, yeah, but well, that's I mean that's the thing. Uh, the the Chinese the the uh, title in, when they released it in China is the Kung Fu Dream, mm-hmm. which is a better title for good. what this movie is. Um, and I mean, my my one complaint is it's a little too long. It comes in at like two hours twenty minutes, and so there's the original. <laughs> Yeah, you you could cut at least 15 out of there, but I'm not sure where I would cut because all of the non-Kung Fu stuff I end up liking, too. Like, the idea is that uh, Jaden Smith and his mom, Taraji P. Henson, moved to China for her job. And, you know, this makes him even more of an outsider than just being like the kid from New Jersey and California. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he's like the one black kid in the neighborhood full of you know these chinese kids uh some of them who are like super bullying him and it got that part really well done like what it feels like to be bullied mm-hmm. and then like hitting back and doing something against the bullies that you know they're gonna come after you for doing this but you can't help it because you're so fucking pissed at them you're right. so mad at them it's like i'm gonna pay for this later but oh my god i'm gonna get it right now uh and it's yeah as a kid who was bullied like I was like, oh shit, they're they're getting the flavor of this really well. Then he meets Jackie Chan, uh, who's you know just the maintenance man. Uh, who turns out he's he's restoring this car, and like you get the backstory of why he's restoring this car. That's very interesting. And then he you know teaches him kung fu to defend himself. And everything I was is expecting kung fu to it to suck. <laughs> I really was expecting this to just be a basic ass remake of the original hitting the exact same plot points in the exact same order with the exact same feeling. And it doesn't like it modernizes it in a nice way and putting it in China, you know, with a a black family adds something different. Interesting. So like plot, basically vaguely the same feeling totally different. And I, I was shocked how much I liked this movie. Wow. I thought it was good. I I will will go go on a limb. I don't think, I want to say that, like, I want to, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. They weren't so mad they were remaking the Karate Kid. It just because that would make you feel old. It makes you feel even older is the idea of Jackie Chan as Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, Jackie Chan doesn't look within f- like four decades of Pat Morita. Yeah, Pat the Morita old- was a lot younger than you think he was. He was I know, I know, older. but he looked like that on Happy Days, or so I'm told from a Weezer video. 
<laughs> but yeah, this movie is is the opposite of bad. It's just like it it I was an old man and it's not for me, but like mm. uh it, it, it is actually I'm kind of in awe of it. Like it's it's yeah. it is not bad. It met its audience and the those fools, if I may quote the president, um mm. that they they stalled so long in creating a sequel, it's literally impossible. And I would have loved to see what the because they would almost it had to have gone in a different direction because they all the source material from one and two are burned and you don't want to touch Karate Kid three, um, and, and and it's it's over. Jane Smith is almost ready to vote or maybe he is. I can't nah, remember. I think he's definitely yeah. I only see him in things Facebook yeah, he's, shows me. He can Smith. drink. He's twenty one, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do it anymore. And and, and as much as you want to. I remember having to defend him on on a podcast, like, "Hey guys, we're still talking about a you know like a fucking twelve year old here. Like, yeah, let's calm down." Uh, I know he doesn't tweet well, but like everything you did wasn't on the internet permanently for millions of people. And but you know he seemed to survive. I'm still I still I'm still so worried about that kid because Will Smith, yeah. that dude, his dad put him in like three straight movies. I know. I hope this was his idea. But he's good. Yeah. He's good. But he's good. Yeah. And, and like his dad, he did the work, man. He like he's clearly training and shit. Like that's him in these shots. Uh I, I think it's it's super admirable, but I just wish it wasn't evidence of nepotism or <laughs> child abuse. Yeah. 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 I feel yeah. like the Smith family is pretty open and does a pretty good job of like taking a different route of celebrity family mm-hmm. that you than you usually see like i feel like a lot of celebrity families are like oh we want our kids to try to be normal and they try to like protect you know hide them away and like oh we want our kids to grow up just like everyone else and i feel like mm-hmm. the smiths have kind of just been like we're not like everyone else we are mm-hmm. a crazy superstar family and we're going to try to raise our kids in that context yeah, some, and some try the- to still raise good people without pretending like we're like this no, normal everyday family that has all the same like mm. situations everyone else some does, you know, like, joyous, I don't know. It's very interesting. They're very the, open about all that stuff, which I appreciate. Some of the most joyous things I see on Instagram are Will Smith making fun of Jaden on Instagram where they both laugh and yeah. like it's his kid and he's not mad at him. Like it's, it's hilarious. They pull pranks on one another. Love Will Smith. Can we plug TL's uh fresh Prince show? Was it live from the pool house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were, were you on that Sarah? I may or may not have been. Oh, okay. Well, I was. I don't know. I don't know if we could talk about I it was. yet. He's got to tell me. I'm going to record with him this week. Tell me if I was on that show all about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Um, but Karate Kid, like, just pretty pretty good. It's hard for me to yeah. say. It really is. Because, like, I didn't want it. And it's, it, it. you know, I'll never watch it again. But, yeah, well, pretty good. I... That's that's great to hear because I request I requested both Karate Kids from my library. I just didn't get them in time, so mm-hmm. instead of just returning them without watching them, I may actually pop them in. Uh, I'm telling you, one. watch Karate Kid at Christmas and like and if you ever you ever seen the original Rocky, yeah, same director, like uh, yeah, oh okay, same, kind of same movie, yeah, yeah very yeah. much the same movie, uh, carried by a charismatic lead. It it rules. It's really good. And fuck, there's a movie about him like that. The title is like embodies you don't remember my name and I'm an underdog and I made movies about <laughs> underdogs and you won't remember me. And I <laughs> forgot what the title is and his name. So there you are. John G. Avelson. I uh, yeah. just lost him, I think, last year. Yeah. yeah. He's got a great documentary about him because he made like just five all time great movies that all kind of had this vibe like 
man, I just want to rise up a little bit from where I am. <laughs> uh, uh, I just want to get back at my, my aggressor. Anyway, uh, but moving to television of 2010, June 5th through the 11th, the MTV Movie Awards, something I only recently remembered I forgot to watch for the last eight years because I, I don't care that much about the music awards because I'm not engaging with the music, but I... There's something really fun about the MTV movie. Oh awards. yeah, I always love their sketches, and I mean, this particular one from 2010 mm-hmm. had lots of profanity that they could not get to bleep in time. So it was oh. actually like pretty heavily criticized for how many people dropped the f bomb. Oh, um, but yeah, I always like the little beginning sketches and stuff. In there, this there's one. there's that, but like if you love movies and you're excited yeah. for not only last year's movies but this year's movies, unlike the Oscars, it it comes out. Right at the beginning of the summer when all the dope as shit is coming out. The most exciting and stuff. That is a huge component mm-hmm. of uh, the movie awards that they they tease things that are coming up, like really big movies and stuff. And so mm-hmm. they did sneak peeks for – in 2010, they did sneak peeks for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Twilight Saga, Eclipse, The Last Airbender, oh. and yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all movies sure. we'll talk about uh, like by the end of the summer. Oh yeah. goodness! Oh goodness! Um, and and you highlighted a sketch. Um, yeah, a little sketch from the beginning. Um, that two of the hottest characters from the past year appear together. Thanks. Thinking about cleaning myself up a little bit. Maybe get a suit, huh. have a shave, huh. maybe wash my hair. <laughs> I love it. In fact, I love it so much. I'm gonna fly Vidal. <laughs> Sassoon here to personally give you a Brazilian blowout. And when he's done, I'll give you the number of a good plumber because you just flushed your fucking career down the toilet! Your filthy hair made you a star. Your filthy hair made me hundreds of millions of dollars and sent my fat kid to space camp four times. So what kind of shampoo are you going to use? Dirt. That's my dirty dog. I, God so I don't damn know it. if you can tell who those two people are now that I think about it, just listening to it. But uh, it's Robert Pattinson, is the Englishman, obviously. Cedric Diggory, yes. Yes. Not Batman or Tenet Star. And then it is Tom Cruise in his role from Tropic Thunder. Less Les Grossman? Is that Les it? Grossman. Yes. Is this the one where he does the dance number with J Lo? Oh, I because think so. Yes. That was fire. Yeah. yeah, I think Les Grossman yeah, is the only, right. the only character in history to originate at the MTV Movie Awards. Did he? Yeah, what? he did. Like, oh. yeah, Ben Stiller would like produce and write a bunch of sketches. Yeah, Tom Cruise's Les Grossman character from Tropic Thunder originates at the MTV Movie Awards. Wow, oh, I did not know God. that. Yeah. Yep, yep, but yep. yeah, yeah, they do a dance number. It is really good. <laughs> That's awesome. I, That's right. I knew oh, that Tom my, Cruise. I... Tom Cruise can dance if. He wants to, and he can do Tom anything. Chris can do he anything. Wants to. <laughs> yeah, anything that he works really hard at, and you can tell. Oh, he worked really hard at. This. I didn't know how much I needed to see that, and I am so happy. And it's so random. I feel like if I, I'm like, I need to see, uh, I need to see Robert Pattinson dressed down by Tom Cruise in a fat suit. Jeffrey Epstein would throw me out of his office. Like, <laughs> like I just got to see an MTV movie works <laughs> delivers every time. Sorry, yeah. I was watching that documentary earlier. Um, yeah. not a lot of funny stuff, but hey, not a funny week. Uh, Pretty Little Liars debuts this week. Okay, y'all. Pretty Little Liars. All right. Mm-hmm. I pulled the opening theme song just because it's the, it's a very good opening for a uh show. And it has like a little, it's one of the 
few shows that has like a theme song that yeah. that we've yeah. heard at all, really, a theme song at all, and uh, it's pretty good. Got a secret? Can you keep it? Swear this one you say. Better lock it in your pocket. Taking this one to the grave. In the show, you better know you won't tell what I said. Cause two can keep a secret if one of them is dead. It's <laughs> pretty dope. <laughs> I like the lyrics. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, the Pretty Little Liars is bananas so this show <laughs> was on for seven seasons i got really into it a couple of years ago like sometimes i just really like to watch teenagers in like pretty outfits do things um and i had no idea what i was getting myself into but it's basically based on a series of books and it follows this like clique of girls who's like the main mean girl in their clique disappears and it's like this whole mystery. And then they start getting kind of stalked and like terrorized by this Ooh. mysterious person called A who is like, you know, making their lives hell. And over the course of these seven seasons, so much stuff happens. It's like a mental institution is involved. Someone gets blinded. People fake their deaths <laughs> left and right. People find out they have secret siblings. Like it's basically – it feels kind of like Passions, the soap opera. It's that <laughs> wild. And, you know, I don't believe in, like, guilty pleasures. I think that you like what you like and no one should feel ashamed about it. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those things that kind of comes close to me that I really like <laughs> that I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is pretty crazy. But, yeah. Um, I, I, I got this confused with Gossip Girl because yeah, I know they're, they're very like similar. Because Sarah girl likes them. related and <laughs> yeah. someone's getting stalked or something. Uh, but, I, yeah, I've heard this one is the sillier one, and I always Super go with the silly. sillier one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think – I think that this one is probably your better bet, especially right now, because a big part of Gossip Girl is about, like, how rich everyone is. Mm. And that doesn't age super well. (laughs) Yeah. But this is uh, this is definitely just kind of has to be seen to be believed. It is so bonkers. And I absolutely love it. Mm. So Uh if you are looking for, like, a good, just, like, soapy, meaningless thing, I watched it, like, uh, I – was like binging it on Hulu or whatever it was on um, for like a summer while I was crafting, doing a lot of crafting and doing a lot of cross stitching. It's kind of like perfect for that. Ah, nice. And it's definitely like one of those shows where it's like, these people aren't teenagers. Like (laughs) everyone looks like they're like 24 basically. Uh, uh, It's awesome. And sadly, Diana's make Diana or Sarah's making me talk about the Stanley cup again, Chicago black Hawks beat the, Philadelphia Flyers. They f- wait, wait. Uh, yes, yeah. Flyers. With fly, the Flyers. Uh, fuck the Blackhawks. Can't do a Philly accent. Uh, no one can. It's, it's horrible. Don't try. Um, I try to, but then it always comes out like all I can do is Joe Scarborough. The president is insane. I, like I can't even do it. Uh, no. But Doctor no, Who, at episode Doctor Who, Vincent and the Doctor also airs this week. Oh yeah, this is one I I've not spent much time watching. Uh, recurrent Doctor Who, unfortunately, but I this is a clip I have seen a couple times. And a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about Vincent and Theo, YouTube knew what I wanted and it coughed up this one along mm. with the trailer for Vincent and Theo. Uh, this is in series five, 
Uh, we're still on Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, and this is one where they go have to help Vincent Van Gogh with a bunch of stuff. And then uh, at the end, they bring him forward into the current, and they let him see how beloved he has become and his art. And it is... I can't hear make, you. It will make you cry so much. Oh, God damn. It's really that. beautiful. Um, whew, same, same thing happened to me for Deadliest Warriors Somali Pirates versus Medellin Cartel. Okay. I could not believe that I have never mentioned Deadliest Warrior on this show. It started in 09 and I missed it and I missed the beginning of season two in 2010. And so I'm going to catch you up on my favorite stupid show of all time. Ooh, This this show is super, super stupid and I love it because it is every time you've gotten high with a bunch of history nerds and had an argument about who would beat who. It's like, I don't know. I, mean, I think Centurions would totally be able to beat the Waffen SS if they had the same, you know, weapons and stuff. So it's a show where they bring in a couple experts and they go through like the different weapons of the different group and their different tactics. And it's like you learn a little bit about like, oh, that that kind of knife versus that kind of knife or what this kind of gun. Oh, that's interesting. And then the best part at the end is where they do a computer simulation where they take the data that they got. And they put it in the computer and then they run a simulation to see who would actually win. And this is represented by a bunch of underpaid extras running around in a park in San Bernardino pretending to be Mongols or whatever. <laughs> wow. This uh, is, it is wonderful. Your your husband so your husband used to email update our whole team every week <laughs> on what, what had just happened. And I so the closest I've ever silly. wanted to like use the uh, use the R word in a pot this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is... Oh, it is. It is. It's so dumb because it's like a combination of like it's a little bit Mythbusters. It's a little bit like those uh, those knife smithing shows they have now, like mm-hmm. on History Channel, and just like being a big. I'm actually going to make Wolverine's claws out of real steel. Coming up <laughs> next, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube. No, what it real what it is to me, it. Like this on the schoolyard back in the day with no internet and no yeah. official power levels from Marvel. We would uh, argue over what hero could beat what hero and why, and it was a fucking great exercise before there was better things to do. Yeah. And it is like they made a show out of that, which they've done of children mm-hmm. talking with ukulele, but now imagine they did it with electric guitar and like professional <laughs> sequencing and live action actors. It's it's almost embarrassing. But I, oh, I, totally couldn't, I couldn't no, take I my eyes away. It's em- it's embarrassing. Um, so I found it is available for rent where they want like $4 an episode. I, f- I fully endorse you stealing this program. <laughs> you should not be spending that much money. But catching us up to this point in the second season, uh, we've missed SWAT versus the German GSG. Attila the Vahan versus Alexander the Great. <laughs> they think Attila would win. Jesse James versus Al Capone. They give it to Jesse James. Aztec Jaguar versus Zande Warrior from the Congo. They give it to Zandes. Waffen SS versus Viet Cong. That's a fun fight because Viet Cong are so good at guerrilla tactics. But they give it to the SS. And Roman Centurion versus Rajput Warrior. They give it to the Rajput. And then Somali Pirates versus Medellin Cartel. They give it to Somali Pirates. Wow. It's, it's, yeah. it's absurd. It is so Stupid. It was on Spike TV. I know. Okay, I was going to ask. Of course it was. <laughs> it feels like a history <laughs> channel, but I don't know. Of course it, it, it was. This this show so this show silly. reeks of at least three people failing to masturbate. Like it just <laughs> <laughs> What? 
it does. Just to get that out and like, oh, that was a dumb idea. I shouldn't have done that at all. Fucking deadliest <laughs> no. warrior. Oh, come on. Ugh. It was made for like $3 and that $3 all went to ballistic gel dummies oh my that God. they could hit with katanas. I, so I, I'd, like, I've it. never seen. Worth a, every penny. And I, I think Michael's fascination was the same as mine. Like, this is the biggest waste of time I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. And it's and, and it's and it's you can't even call it a reality show. No. <laughs> and <you can't, laughs> no. Uh, and I, I'm sure Sarah yeah, put this. It's, put this. it's so dumb, and I absolutely encourage everyone to look up yeah, yeah. old episodes of Deadliest Warrior because, yeah, once they get to the computer simulation, that is just a bunch of guys running around a park, picking it, each other off one by one with all the little weapons they've shown so far. It's high, so funny. hilarious. Uh, so funny. On My the el- favorite stupidest show ever. On the 11th, I'm sure Sarah put this in here. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Comedy Central special. Uh, you should have told me. Yeah. I just want to put this in there because Paul F. Tompkins is great. And Yay. if you have not heard in any of his stand-up, I highly recommend go and download it and listen to it. It is salve for the soul right now because he just talks about the silliest, most like it's just very silly most of the time and so mm-hmm. and uh it always always cheers me up and so i want to give paul of Tompkins any of his specials you, you should have told me is great they're all great um this one was recorded also at my favorite comedy club which is the laughing skull in atlanta mm-hmm. it is hmm. a very cool very very intimate uh, is this, I, comedy I, I, club i looked and, it up, i looked it up yeah. and i've seen him live uh, a bunch of times and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I th- it was it just like occurred to me that like uh you know Paula Tompkins doesn't get enough credit because like everyone thinks they can do what he does but it's mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. had, just like trying like I was watching with with subtitles and like you can't no one else can do this you think you can talk like this guy and redo this bit is like and then this one guy said while I was sitting there I'm like Steve Martin and I'm out of here what. Yeah. What did that guy just say? <laughs> what, like it was. That's the that's the thing I found online. I'm Steve Martin, and I'm out of here. Do you? And, and the comedy nerd in me is like he's thinking of Doug from the state, but somehow thinks it's Steve Martin uh, or Dennis Miller. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. oh. he's thinking Dennis Miller from Weekend Update. I am out of here, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. like yeah, I can't redo he's... what's funny about Paul F. Tompkins because only right. he can. That's what makes him an extremely skilled stand-up comedian. And he I think he's tied for number one in my heart of favorite uh, stand-ups with Maria Bamford, who is also someone that you <laughs> cannot replicate and is still yeah. so unbelievably funny. And you can't even explain really why because it's just something about her. I, I forget. Like like our mutual friend John Griffin, mm-hmm. we, were, we saw Paula Tompkins live and he was talking about uh, Los Angeles Street Spider-Man. Uh, right, <laughs> right next to what Brett and I coined as Marilyn Monroe old and slush from Guns and Roses, like, like <laughs> knockoff versions of your favorite superhero characters. You can take a very expensive picture for. And I don't even remember what Paul F. Tompkins was talking about, but he was just yelling about yelling about Spider Man in L.A. and just yelled, "He needn't have bothered." And John, <laughs> John, and I say that to one another. <laughs> for the last 15 years and like it makes no sense it, and i'm yeah. not even doing it justice it just but it's just like it it made us laugh so much 
He's Paul so Tompkins. good with words. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a dumb way to put it. But if you are a yeah. fan of Paul Tompkins, you know what that means. Um, I don't think that he's officially retired from stand-up, but he's not really doing anything anymore. And I mean, not even talking about now with COVID times, but it's been several years, I think, since he's actually performed stand-up. He's pretty much a podcast yeah. guy, like through and through. Do you, mean COVID-19, point, the, he, do you mean COVID-19, the, the actual deadliest warrior? Never mind. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, never they should have gotten into diseases, man. COVID versus bubonic plague. I would plague. watch that. It has not killed as many people as until the hunt. But, uh, yeah. but moving lightly into video games of 2010, and we will expand way more on this on our monthly Patreon show, patreon.com slash laser time with the video game apocalypse, boys, because you're going to want to know about a game I don't know anything about. The f- rock mm-hmm. band was sort of put in a position because Guitar Hero released a new physical edition with a marketing budget every three months into stores rock band just wanted to sell you shit online and still is but they had to like we have to keep making games because our competition is like putting shit out with flyers and stuff not flyers and stuff but you see what i'm saying like if if your competition is doing this you sort of have to too their follow-up to the beatles rock band was green Mm -hmm. day rock band and i i honey no they're Diana, perfect response. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, like, honey. I oh, I love the Green Day, but that is not uh, that is not equivalent at all. And, 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 and like, and they kept trying to do that, and it killed the whole fucking <coughs> business. Tiger Woods PGA Tour eleven. We are just year a year or two away from Tiger Woods' name being removed from EA's PGA Tour um, due to things. And uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker for PSP is out, as is uh, Mega Man Zero Collection. Disgaea Infinite for PSP. We're still releasing a lot of things with portables. Neo Geo Battle Coliseum for Xbox Live. And, of course, the Kunio Kun uh, River City Ransom soccer game, uh, River City Soccer Hooligans, which brings (laughs) me great joy just to mention. Uh, We'll talk about it more in depth on uh, the patreon.com slash laser time, along with new episodes of Sick of Star Wars, weekly episode of Bonus Time, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive video content, and things to reward people who give us as little as $5. We do appreciate everyone's donation, especially when the world is, pardon my language, all bugaboo. And uh, <laughs> I, can't, well, I can't thank everybody enough just for being human beings who got through this week, let alone mm-hmm. donated to our Patreon. Um, really pat yourself on the back for, for just emotionally and mentally making it through all this. You deserve <sighs> it. And, and that's really all the plugs I want to say. Laser time this week. Sorry, Diana was on it with our buddy, Dan Amrick and her husband, Michael Paras, all about the history of parody songs. It is one oh, of the most so fun episodes fun. I've ever been involved in. Dan, Dan Amrick uh, has actually he's got a new uh, album hero herofalls.com you can find mm-hmm. it there or his band camp uh, and he's actually made parodies that had made it as far as Dr. Demento which is up for parody songs like the Oscars <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I'm just in awe of Dan all the time and his ability to make this stuff and Princess Leia stole in Death Star plans so please check that episode out you may think it's not something you're interested in but it's like the original way to really, really make fun of something in a smart way before we had easy video, it could make our own 405s was parody songs. And mm-hmm. and it's the only time you could buy comedy. Otherwise, you had to just be there, witness it, and not tape it. And I love talking about this shit with him. Goddamn, you yeah. and Dan especially are like this big, giant, <laughs> giant like, 
Oh, I love this this episode so so much. But uh, check that out as well as Video Game Apocalypse this week, which is also going to do something a little different in solidarity to the week we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want some really just disgusting, unlistenable video game conversation, bonus time this week is very weird. I don't know how it happened, but Adam and I got in an argument over Mario and Zelda before we were recording a show that lasted over an hour. So it's the first show that has ever been accidentally recorded and <laughs> in, in the history of laser time. So please enjoy that. If you're a patron, patreon.com slash laser time. And please, please never say all lives matter anywhere to anybody for any reason. That's not a joke. We know. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. Mm-hmm. That's not a response. Anyway, uh, you can also, you can follow me at, uh, well, you can follow the podcast at 302010podcast through 02010 podcast, or follow me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. Uh, the, right. the lone highlight of this week, as far as I'm concerned, um, who died this week, Diana? Nobody. 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 Nobody In all the, the three weeks we've been looking at over 30 years, I, I didn't find any famous people that died. Thank you. Goodness. Lovely. So, with that out of the nice. way comes our final birthday quiz. The, the final of the show. It's not the final birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, birthday. We've got someone that we've talked about on the show a whole bunch. Turning fifty-eight, born June fifth, nineteen sixty-two, in Chicago. He dropped out of college to work at Second City. Uh, he and Stephen Colbert, man, the box office together, and he was also roommates with Conan O'Brien. I already said. This. Nope. Lisa Kudrow. He was also oh. roommates with Conan O'Brien. Uh, Jeff, uh, fuck me. Don't take this from me, Sarah. Jeff, fuck me. No, Jeff, Who fuck me. That? <laughs> that is a uh, that is my terrible dating profile name. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, this this has just started happening to me. Who's Curb Your Enthusiasm you, guy? You, oh, Jeff Garland. I got that. It by is the way. Jeff Garland. I yes. How no. did you guys know? How did you know it was uh, Conan O'Brien? Well, well, Sarah, by the way, didn't know that. I knew that because Conan shot a remote with Jeff Garland where they go into their old apartment and just hassle the guy who lives there now for like 30 <laughs> minutes. It's wonderful. I feel like, as a side note, Antista, you're, you need to do a stand up persona where your name is Jeff. Fuckworthy. Jeff Fuckworthy? (laughs) 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 Yes. If his dick is longer than seven inches, you might be fuckworthy. (laughs) Thunderous applause. Thunderous applause. (laughs) If he's never tattled on Bumble. If, sorry, <laughs> you might. Sorry, I've seen too much of Foxworthy. Sorry. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, Jeff Garland worked uh, helping Dennis Leary, John Stewart, and Larry David develop their stand-up specials. He has a congenital heart problem that he's had surgery for, but not before he had a stroke at age thirty-seven, which mm-hmm. he has recovered from. But the, you can kind of see it on early episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, he, was- he slurs his words a little. Between, I think, the first episode and, like, the second episode or something, he, like, there's a huge gap and he had had that stroke and there are, yeah, there are certain parts where you can definitely tell. I don't, I don't think Sarah deserves yeah. this win. You should, Diana, and I'm strongly suggesting this, and cut this out, but mm. leave it in. 
that you should ask one of us to name both movies Jeff Carlin has written, written and directed. And that should be the oh. tiebreaker. Because Sarah doesn't okay. deserve this at all. <laughs> well, that's deserve. just rude. <laughs> and then I would answer, I want someone to eat cheese with and dealing with idiots. And I, I believe saw that is correct. I want someone to and eat cheese with too. I should have known that one. Just saying, yeah. you don't deserve this win, Sarah. And there's oh my gi- god, lay off! Giant oh. fucking Mickey oh. Mantle asterisk next to the, your wiki. Uh, this win is this win is is not it's unearned, and I want it back. Oh. I want it back. No, what? You said his name is Jeff. Fuck me. Forget <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> She's the biggest Kirby enthusiasm fan I've ever met. What so are you come about? on. You're about anyway, Thank you very much. We've, We've talked about uh, movie seasons, uh, Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me, Strange Wilderness, The Rock or The Bounty Hunter, Wally, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and next week, Toy Story 3. <gasps> yeah. That is his yeah. second Pixar movie. He's in every one after that. Yeah. Yeah. He he's in a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's in Toy Story 3 and 4. That's um, for sure. Yeah. Next week, we have some sequels to talk about again. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, which, yeah, spoilers, Toy Story 3 is, is one of the best sequel ever made and the other one is we're probably just going to play the key and peel sketch because we're going to talk about the weirdest funniest sequel of all time chris can you keep it under an hour i got it i got it i'm i cannot wait to watch this again and i watched it two weeks ago i yeah i love this i cannot and maybe i'll tell talk you about these sequels i'll tell you the story i i consider jeff garland i could be wrong about his voice work i consider him synonymous with pixar movies because I met Jeff Carlin at Pixar. <laughs> no way. I did. I wow. Did, yeah, and 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 he he was the only person who cursed the whole time I was there. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe his name should be Jeff. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, was it embarrassing when you met him when you couldn't remember his name? Stop it. This only recently started happening. I don't know if it's the <laughs> drinking or the aging or the fucking just not wanting to engage with the world. But come on, we're all going through some stuff right now. I'll get better. Better. Yeah. I'll get better. We'll all get better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I We're going to make it get better. I don't have to be that smart at the end of the show where I don't have any notes. I don't have any notes on <laughs> Diana's quiz that I'm not expecting. God damn it. This <laughs> keeps happening, though, like forgetting very basic names. So donate to my retirement right. fund. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And tune in next week when, yeah, two. Oh my God, crazy sequels. Yeah. And uh, so comic book stuff. And yeah, I mean, the, this has been an oddly quiet week for the summer. It's it just going to get nuts now. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. We're going to make fun of the president 30 years ago. Anyway. We don't have a closer. So, but, but, like, we do have a closer. Oh, uh, hold no, on. I think I think we need to go back and play hold on again. I, I have a yes. Colin Sebastian song that was lovely, but I feel like we need more hold on. We need yes. that. It has a very good message. <laughs> I want it. to shake my shoulders at all of you and sing a happy song to you about holding on without spitting in your face and spreading COVID to you. That's that's where yeah. I'm at. Hold on. Perfect. Someday somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Say goodbye. Until that day, baby, are you going to let them hold you down and make you cry? Don't you know? Don't you know? No. It's a chain of things that go your way. Oh, oh, oh.